morning and welcome in the name of Jesus Christ. Today is the third Sunday of Epiphany, and we're going to look at our gospel lesson from Matthew chapter 4. Uh, it's the same text we use for our daily devotions this week, but we're going to look at it from a little different angle, um, but a very, very important angle because it affects each and every one of us as, as Jesus asks us to do something. And that's what we're going to talk about in our gospel lesson today. We hope, as always, as we, as we come together to, to worship as Christ's family here, that we, um, through our liturgy, through the, the readings, through the songs and the hymns we sing this morning, that you are blessed, that your faith is strengthened, and if you need any healing, God would grant that too. Let's sing our opening hymn, 412, 412 The People That Sat in Darkness, and on verse 6, if you would rise. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. The word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. 
St. Matthew writes that Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Let us respond by confessing our sins and asking our Lord's forgiveness. Heavenly Father. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Be assured that through Jesus' blood-bought rescue, you are already citizens in the kingdom of heaven. And instead, by the command of our Lord Jesus Christ, you are, excuse me, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.
In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace that breaks into this world from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For peace that knows no boundaries, for growth in the church around the world, and for unity around the cross of Christ, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who respond here in worship and praise to our victorious King, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Please be seated. The Old Testament reading is from Isaiah 9. There will be no gloom for her 
who was in anguish. In the former time, he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time, he was made glorious the way of the sea in the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them has light shined. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. This is the word of the Lord. Praise the Lord, all nations. For great is this steadfast love toward us. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. The epistle is from 1 Corinthians 1. I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree and that there be no division among you, but that you be united in the same mind and the same judgment. For it has been reported to me by Chloe's people that there is quarreling among you, my brothers. What I mean is that each one of you says, I follow Paul, or I follow Apollos, or I follow Cephas, or I follow Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius so that no one may say that you were baptized in my name. I did baptize also the household of Stephanus. Beyond that, I do not know whether I baptized anyone else. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, and not with words of eloquent wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing." But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. This is the word of the Lord.
The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the fourth chapter. When Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew into Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum by the sea, in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And for those dwelling in the region in shadow of death, On them, a light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately, they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately, they left the boat and their father and followed him. And he went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. So his fame spread throughout all Syria, and they brought him all the sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains those oppressed by demons, epileptics, paralytics, and he healed them. And great crowds followed him from Galilee and the Decapolis, and from Jerusalem to Judea, and from beyond the Jordan. This is the gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. We have any children that would like to come for the children's message? All girls today. Good morning. So, any of you guys fish? You do. Okay, so what do you need in order to, to, to fish well? Bait. Okay, good. What else? What was that? A fishing rod. Because without a fishing rod, you're just going to throw the bait in the water. What happens? The fish eat the bait, but not the rod. Right? What else? A lure works too. You do all fish. That is really cool. Well, I brought some stuff just so you, just in case you didn't know. Because I like to fish. So I brought one of my fishing rods. One of my, probably my most favorite. And then my vest. I have a vest. And in my vest I have a whole bunch of pockets. My little net for when I fish for little fish. Sunglasses because usually it's blinding on the water. I have, I have no idea what I have. Oh, my, my thing so I can put all my fish on when I catch them. And here, it looks like I got a, some, another thing to catch. I like to catch a lot of fish. Don't you? Right? A whole bunch of fish, right? I know. There's limits. So I have to stay within the limits. Then I have, I think, oh, there's some line in case my line breaks. And I don't have any bait. Oh, dear. 
But I think I have a lure, so that might work the same too, right? So it's really important that we have the right equipment to fish. So in our gospel lesson today, Jesus called fishermen, but he didn't call them to go fishing for fish. Do you know what he called them to do? To go fishing for people. And he wants us to do the same thing, right? So when you fish for fish, you have to be patient, right? So I have three sons, and once I took two of them fishing, and we were fishing at a lake, and one of them threw his, his rod in there in the water, and about 30 seconds later, maybe 60 seconds later, he was done for the day. No fish. And then my other son threw his thing in there. Three hours later, he's done fishing. He never caught a fish, but he had his line in the water for three hours. And I didn't catch any fish that day either. But it's just, we have to know what we're supposed to do. We have to be patient, right, when we're fishing for people. And in order to catch fish, you kind of have to know where they are. Because if you fish like we did that day, there were no fish there. We didn't realize that. Bad choice on my part. But so when we fish for people, it's the same thing, right? You can go out in the parking lot. Now, today, right at this moment, all we have is cars out in the parking lot. Right? So going to fish for people in the parking lot at this moment is probably not the wise idea. But if we go someplace else, let's say the mall, right? The Radio Mall. You ever been there? There's people there, right? So you can go fish for people there. You all go to school? There's people there. So those are the places that we can go to fish for people. But you also have to have the right thing. So in the water, when you fish for fish, you fish with bait. We don't use bait for people, right? We use God's word, right? And so we have to know what God's word says so that we can at least share with people what he says for us, right? And, and finally, and we probably should do this when we fish for fish too, is we just pray that God would guide us to where to go and give us the courage to share Jesus' name with people, okay? So we're going to pray right now that God will do that for us, okay? And you're going to all pray for us. Dear Jesus, Jesus, help us to become become fishers of people. people. Help us to tell others others what you have done for us and what you want to do for them. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, everybody. Let's sing our hymn of the day. Sin. My hand will sin. 
Grace, peace, and mercy from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Again, our gospel lesson, Matthew 4, chapter 12 to 23, is our text for this morning. And one of the truths that we celebrate today is that our relationship with Jesus, that relationship begins with Jesus who comes to us. He comes to you and he comes to me. And during the time of Jesus, children would begin their religious education at the young age of three. They would first learn the Torah, then the Talmud, and finally the Mishnah. I'll let you all, when you go home today, look up those three things. By the time they were in their early teens, they had a solid religious foundation. And after the long period of the religious education, men could then continue their learning by becoming disciples, learners of a rabbi. Prospective students would approach various rabbis and ask to learn from them. And if the rabbi agreed, they'd followed and learned. If the rabbi said no, the student would then approach a different rabbi and ask, can I follow you? Jesus, though, didn't work that way. He didn't wait for men to come to him. He went out and he selected certain people to be his disciples. And this is what we see taking place in the gospel lesson for today. Jesus goes to Andrew and Peter and James and John, and he calls them to simply follow him. Jesus fished for disciples, like the fishermen of his day caught fish. The fishermen at the time of Jesus, they did not use rods and hooks and lines, but rather they would cast a net out into the water. They would throw that net into the water and then draw the net back and fish into, and bring the fish along with it and pull them into the boat. Jesus would throw his net. He caught his new disciples and he drew them to him. Over the ages, Christians have argued whether they found Jesus or Jesus found them. Whether they decided to follow Jesus or Jesus decided to follow or decided to follow their Lord and their Savior. As Lutherans, we stress the fact that Jesus chose us. Martin Luther wrote these words. He says, I believe that I cannot by my own reason or strength come to the Lord or believe in him, but the Holy Spirit calls me. Some people don't like that idea. They don't like the idea that they were netted and drawn into Jesus' boat to church. One thing that you and I can say is that Jesus used people and situations to draw us close to him and to bring us to the point where we decided to say yes to his invitation to be his disciples. When we read that the disciples left their nets and they followed Jesus, we often visualize them as never returning to their homes. We see them going out for three years camping, like a big, long camping trip with Jesus. That's probably not true. A more likely scenario was that the disciples traveled with Jesus, but frequently returned home. Because as they traveled the Galilean countryside, they were never more than a day's journey from their homes. Being disciples of Jesus, though, impacted their lives and how they went about their vocations. They turned from fisher of men who followed Jesus into disciples of Jesus who fished. 
And this is an important nuance. We can't imagine what they saw and what they did with Jesus not affecting their lives back home. Certainly, they shared with others what they had seen and heard. Jesus' teachings about love, his teachings about forgiveness, probably started to transform their lives. Being a disciple of Jesus is a life-changing experience. Over my life, several people have ministered to me and challenged me with the depths of their Christian discipleship. Forty years ago, I met Bob. Bob was a teacher. He often prayed long and hard that God would raise people up that he might teach them. He moved mountains with his prayers. And his lives and lives were transformed because of his prayers and because of his teaching of God's word to them. He taught me to be a disciple, not of him, but a disciple of Christ. 25 years ago, I met Jimmy. Jimmy was a behind-the-scenes servant. He never wanted the limelight. But things didn't happen without him. If I ever needed anything, all I had to do was to call Jimmy. He served his family as he served the church. Even when he disagreed with me, he was always the humble servant. Christ, the the humble servant of Christ. Sorry, I went back to Jimmy for a moment in time. I'll show you one side of Jimmy and what I meant by him always being the humble servant. He and I had a major difference of an opinion. And uh, he came to me three times. That's kind of biblical too, isn't it? And he spoke to me three times about the difference. And we could not agree. And uh, my response to him after the third time was, Jimmy, take it to the church. Because I trusted him. And I knew how he would do it. And so he went to the church. And they called the meeting. And uh, and I had told Jimmy that I wasn't going to say a word. You share what you need to share, and we'll let the congregation decide. And Jimmy went. And, and as humble as, as you can ever imagine anybody being humble, he spoke his, his words, never, never um, putting me down, just saying he thought that we should do it. Jimmy's way versus my way. And the interesting to, to, thing to me was the reaction of the congregation at that time. Iraq, the, the congregation reacted in a way that just shocked me. They thought Jimmy was out of line, that he had no right to criticize their young pastor. And it was at that point that I broke my promise to Jimmy. I spoke. And I explained to them what I explained to you a few few moments ago about the humbleness of Jimmy, how he served, and and how he came to them with my permission for them to decide. And at that moment then, not that I agreed that Jimmy was right, but I decided we would do it his way instead of my way because it made all the sense in the world to me that, that the way he went about it was the best example, not only for me, but for the members of that church of how we are to deal with disagreements, 
no matter how ugly or how minimal they are. And so I learned from him um, how to be humble, I think. At least I try. And, and so Jimmy and Bob are just two people from my past that taught me that Jesus calls us to follow him. Not just that with a, here I am, but to sit at his feet and to learn, to walk with him and listen, to follow him and to become one of his disciples. And then, and this is really important, disciple others. Bob and Jimmy understood themselves to be disciples of Jesus. And because of that understanding, their lives were different. And they touched the lives of many people, including mine. What a privilege it is for us to be a part of God's family. Chosen to receive God's love and his grace. And chosen to share that love. To share that grace with others. To be one of his disciples and to help others to become one of his disciples too. No longer are you and I just simply people. Instead, we are people who are children of God, servants of God, disciples of Jesus Christ. We just sang these words. Maybe you can repeat them with me. Here am I, Lord. Send me. Send me. Amen. Let us rise, and this morning we are going to sing our creed. Please rise. Our Father everlasting, the all-creating one, God Almighty. And through your Holy Spirit, conceiving Christ the Son, Jesus, I say, I believe in God our Father. I believe in Christ the Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Our God is three in one. I believe in the resurrection that we will rise again.
Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Let us pray for the church here and around the world that God's light would shine through us, attracting many who still walk in the darkness of their own making and uniting in faith and confession all who trust in Christ their Lord. Let us pray for governments, local and national, that God would open leaders' eyes to see opportunities for peace between nations and safety and concord among their citizens. Let us pray for those near and dear to us, including Dave Merriman, who is recovering from pneumonia, for Steve Westall, who has finished his treatments for cancer, for Mike Scott at home, recovering from successful knee replacement surgery, Barbara Freitas, who's undergoing chemotherapy and possibly radiation also, for the family of Donna Mauser, Donald passed away this past week. And for the family of, of Mark Pine, Mark has been diagnosed with cancer. Lord Jesus. Let us pray for expectant parents, helpful counselors, and resourceful agencies as they seek to help families be nurseries of growth in body, soul, and mind. In your hands, Heavenly Father, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray. Trusting in your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God.
Our Lord Jesus Christ, in the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And after having given thanks, he broke it. He gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup. And after having given thanks, he gave it to his disciples and said, Take, drink, this is the cup of the New Testament of my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sin. Do this as often as you drink it, and remembers as me. As often as we eat this bread and we drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Amen. Oh, Lord Jesus Christ, only Son of the Father, in giving us your body and blood to eat and to drink, you lead us to remember and confess your holy cross and passion, your blessed death, your rest in the tomb, your resurrection from the dead, your ascension into heaven, and your coming for the final judgment. So remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father. Peace of the Lord be with you always. Please be seated.
Please rise. Let us pray. O God, the Father, the fountain and source of all goodness, who in loving kindness sent your only begotten Son into the flesh. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The peace of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you this day and forever. Amen. We sing our closing song, 10,000 Reasons. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship his holy name, sing like never before, oh my soul, I worship your holy name, the sun comes up. When my
Amen. Please be seated. Do we have any announcements this morning? Lord? Um, in three weeks, there's going to be the Lutheran Women's Missionary League Valentine's Bake Sale. And all the proceeds will go to the California, Nevada, Hawaiian District might box grants and it will specifically go towards most and that stands for mission opportunity short term and I know some people and pastor knows some people who it's those um, mission trips have been very beneficial um, so bring your money on February 12th and come back to the office area the coffee area and buy goodies for Valentine sweethearts and for the um, Super Bowl. Yeah. So uh, just a quick little note, if I may. Um, it's Elsie's birthday this coming Tuesday, and she turns 98. And I'm just going to jump in here and start. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. For those of you who don't know, Elsie, she's in the very back row, back, back on this side, the very last person. That is Elsie. We have another member. She was here, received communion earlier this week, is also 98. And that's Lois Busby. Right? So Lois tells me she's going to make it to 100. And I tell you, where she is now, she'll make it well past 100. I guarantee you. Other announcements? Jason. Uh, just to let everybody know, our preschool is going to be moving over to our education wing this Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. So whoever can make it, please come and help them move that classroom over. And I'll have something like a special messenger probably tomorrow come out. Perfect. Thank you. So you all know we're, we're moving them from portable buildings to the school wing for um, 
two reasons, basically. Basically, it puts them all in one place, and number two, for safety reasons. Um, so just to, we can watch them a lot better over here. So anybody who can come and help, that would be great. Yeah. I just did. I thought it was last week. Yesterday? Yeah, okay. We will do that. We will uh, we'll do the, the last announcement, and then we'll do the prayer for sanctity of life and uh, um, get you going. So, actually, two, two announcements, and then we'll pray for sanctity of life. Thank you, Susan, for that. Um, as soon as we're done here, we invite you all to stay. There's coffee, tea, maybe juice, water, snacks, possibly, today. I didn't look uh, in, the, in our coffee room out there. And uh, remember, look for somebody you don't know or somebody you have never seen before or somebody you've seen before but you never talked to. And go say hi and introduce yourselves to them. And you can practice as you get sent out as disciples, right? Yeah, just a little bit there. Um, and then stay and for our Bible study in Romans. Uh, we're moving into chapter 17. So please stay, stay for that also. Um, we also have some guests coming on March, Sunday, March 5th. It's the, the group called the Capella. They are from Concordia, Concordia University, Chicago. For your old timers, that's Concordia River Forest. Uh, we still know it that way instead of the new way that they're doing it. Um, and they will be here. They have a concert here at 4 p.m. on Sunday, March 5th. We need 12 families who are willing to house. Actually, we only need 10. Two have already signed up. Um, 10 families to house either two girls or two boys. There is one that's going to require three boys. Um, so if you're interested, there is a sign-up sheet in the, in the narthex to your right on the counter there. Um, and, and there's three columns. One column you don't have to worry about, um, with the exception of the one, ch- one young man who's allergic to cats. If you have cats, make sure when you see it in red, allergic to cats, skip that one if you wish to bring them to your house. We would like to hear them sing uh, instead of having a swollen th- uh, throat. Um, put your name in the middle box, and then in the far right box, put your address, and, and then we will type that up, and we will give it to their group before they arrive on that. Uh, we'll probably plan to have a meal that day, too, for them, because they're going to be getting in on Sunday afternoon. If all goes well, they'll be traveling on that day and get here. So, all right, so that's to the right as you go through the narthex. All right, let's, let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, as uh, we look at uh, Sanctity of Life Sunday, but not only that, Lord, we look specifically at, as we pray for all life is holy. It's life that you have given us. We pray, Lord, that you would be with those who, who struggle, uh, those who um, are, are pregnant, that you would protect them, the mother and the child. For those that are pregnant and, it, and it, it's an unwanted pregnancy and they just don't know what to do, Lord, that you would lead them in the proper way so that unborn child could also be taken care of, Lord. And we would also pray for, for the laws of our country, that you would watch over to them, Lord, that they all laws, and especially those related to, to the sanctity of your life, whether it's somebody who's 98 years old or someone who's in the womb, um, and protect all, all life so that we can bring glory to you. We ask this, Lord, in the name of, of your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.
Amen. Let's go in peace. Let's serve the Lord. Remember, you are disciples of Jesus. Go and share and fish for some men and women. <laughs>